0: Hey there folks and welcome to another episode of NBA's Unplugged. I'm your host Fej McDermott and let's dive into today, Tuesday, May 5th. So uh, very happy Cinco de Mayo to you all. Uh, Hope that everyone at least in uh, the class of 2021, 2020 are gearing up for their uh, rounds of finals coming up in the next week or so. I know for 2021 we finished all our core finals but I know there's still a few uh, electives out there that we need to sort of tie off. So best of luck to you on all your studying efforts in that regard. Uh, As for program office updates, I do not have any current updates right now since we're pretty much approaching the end of the school year. Uh, One thing I just think of is pretty top of mind is that if you are taking summer classes and are going to require financial aid, uh, make sure you fill out the FAFSA form so that you can begin receiving uh, funds to apply towards uh, the summer and also the fall as well. So I think the deadline for submitting that at least for on time is in a couple days. So just wanted to elevate that up for any of you that might not have uh, approached or fill out that form yet if you're taking summer classes. Moving on to club and event announcements. We have a few of those for you today. Uh, The first being for the NBA Battle Royale. So uh, i mentioned this on the podcast recently and emails have been distributed to everyone in the class, but the NBA Battle Royale is going to be a 10 10 school competition happening on May 16th from 5 p.m. Pacific time to 8 p.m. Uh, And this is really just a large scale charity event between us as well as nine other top NBA programs to uh, get together and have a virtual friendly competition just to really focus on raising funds for charity for Doctors Without Borders uh, in this time of crisis. And so uh, we recently finally nominated two people from our class to represent USC, and that would be Kyle Scott and Min Zhao. Uh, so those two will be the forefront runners for uh, USC uh, in terms of uh, representing us at the games, which uh, I know me and the committee that convened to host the auditions are very excited about, uh, and we think they're going to do a great job. So uh, I will definitely be keeping you posted on that. But if you are interested in signing up for the NBA's Battle Royale, uh, there is a link for the sign-ups in the uh, event description or in the description of the podcast below. And so you can go to that there. And uh, really, I think the prices range between $12 to upwards of even 50 or more. It's really just dependent on how much you're willing to donate because as we said, any pr- all proceeds, which is going to be a substantial amount, are going towards uh, directly to charity. So... Uh, Should be a really fun event and would love to see as many USC, uh, both current and future students present as possible. So uh, feel free to go to that link and sign up now. Um, Moving on from that, we also have another couple of events coming up. Uh, The first being another Netflix viewing party uh, with the theme of Becoming. So this is being put together by the Graduate Women in Business Association and the Black Graduate Business Leaders Group. Uh, so, you were invited to join GWIB and BGBL for a viewing of Becoming on Netflix. So, join former First Lady Michelle Obama in an intimate documentary looking at her life, hopes, and connection with others as she tours with Becoming. Uh, so, this is, again, a Netflix party. So, if you're unfamiliar with the Netflix party, it's simply a extension that you add onto Chrome that allows people to watch various Netflix conf- uh, content all at the same time. So, uh, it's pretty easy to download. And uh, if you want to get an invite for the Zoom link, I believe there's actually a zoom link for this as well that'll be distributed through uh campus groups uh to people who registered on campus groups so make sure you sign up there and that should be taking place on uh, friday may 8th friday may 8th friday may 8th yeah Uh, at 4 p.m pacific time and we got one more up for you and that is for the BEA Summer Panel Series about pandemic and the global entertainment industry. So uh, we have panelists that are currently working in the entertainment industry that are also involved in the Marshall PM and EMBA programs, and they'll be coming to Zoom to speak regarding how the entertainment is dealing with the with the pandemic based on their experience. So we have a number of people that are will be part of that panel. One being Jason Curtis, a senior manager in product marketing strategy at the Disney Direct to Consumer and International uh, over at Walt Disney Company. We have Rafael Venegas, who is with the Latin American Marketing Strategy over at Warner Brothers. And then we have Ryuta Nakasi, uh, the Assistant Manager, Strategy and Corporate Finance, and Business Development at the eMagica Group. So uh, definitely a a good panel to sort of listen into and sort of get some insight as to what the industry is uh, projecting in terms of uh, what it should look like over the next year or two as we begin to recover from the uh, setbacks due to the coronavirus. And so that will be taking place on Thursday, May 7th from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., and again, that specific time. So if you're interested, please make sure to RSVP on campus groups prior to the event. Uh, that's it we have for events today. So now we will transition over into the guest portion of our show. Today I'll be talking with the recently elected president of the Marshall Consulting Club, uh, Naleh Ajbani. And with that, we will now segue over into that part of the show. And now, moving into the guest portion of our show, I am now welcomed by uh, the new president of the Marshall Consulting Club here, Malay. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, uh, trying to hang in there like everyone else. What about you Oh, I mean, doing the same, doing the same you know trying to trying to keep the like cabin fever from like building up out here so <laughs> I know yep yep
1: it's been It's been so weird you know transitioning from like so quickly from school life and like seeing all your friends and family and now like completely like disengaging social distancing it's, it's been quite a change
0: yeah it's hard to think that like it wasn't even a month ago people were like bragging about their spring break plans and like saying like oh well we'll see you and exchange stuff afterwards and then yeah i haven't just seen like, it anyone since
1: <laughs> it, it's like it snuck up so fast on us like yeah it, like we were aware of it like you know coming in the beginning of the year and then it just, like, it happened so fast.
0: Yeah. Well, if, is there anything that, like, you've been doing to, I guess, sort of uh, help with this sort of transition that you think would be beneficial to share?
1: So, for me, like, when all this first started, um, I felt like there was, like, a big blur between my weekdays and weekends. Like, it was just, like, a, a constant state of constantly working. Like, there was no yeah. delineation. And so, I, I've been a lot more, I guess, um, structured in, like, how I set out my days to make sure I at least have a couple of days or so break in between. Otherwise, it's just like, wake up, do some work, and just it, it continues revolving. So that's been one thing I've been very intentional on is like trying to block my calendar off.
0: Nice. And that's more so to give yourself, I guess, a break from just the constant yeah. uh, grind that you find yourself in now with all exactly. our classes kind of running exactly. together and stuff.
1: Yep. yeah. What about you?
0: Uh, for me, I the best thing I've been doing was honestly just been going on regular runs because... I mean the parks out here are closed and stuff but there's nothing to keep you yeah. from like running around a neighborhood as long as you're like there's no one really outside at the time so it's kind of safe in right. that regard so uh, it sort of helps me sort of have my own sort of time to sort of be my own head and you know run off some just frustration and stuff with all this going on so
1: yeah
0: I think getting- I definitely need a
1: I definitely need to do a lot more of that. I think, you know, speaking of the COVID-19 I heard from the other episode, I'm probably at my COVID five so far. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's the other reason.
0: (laughs) That's definitely the other reason keep that shit down. Oh man. All right. So going to today's episode, uh, like I mentioned in one of the other ones from the new wave, we have a sort of different way that we're running it this time. So you'll have your choice of uh, the segments to recap for the audience. Uh, they'll okay. have five segments to choose from. One which we'll do now, which, which we'll do at the midpoint through the interview. Uh, and so we have Florida Man birthday, soundboard research, trivia, the song blitz, and will you press the button? So, do you know which two that you think you'd elect to go with right now?
1: Yeah, let's do Florida Man and the button one. Would you press? Uh, will you press
0: the button? Okay. Yeah. So we'll do the. Will you press the button at the midway point of the show, and we can start off the show with your Florida man birthday? All so right, it should be interesting. The way this, the way this is gonna work is, uh, uh, if you're able to, we'll both sort of start at the same time and just sort of go one one at a time of just sort of looking up different uh, articles that pop up on Google. So okay. starting off, what is your birthday?
1: So birthday is July first,
0: nineteen ninety two. So we just want to use July first. So we don't want (laughs) to, we want to make sure we capture as many of these articles as possible.
1: July 1st. (laughs) All right, let's see what we've got here. Do do, do you have one?
0: You you can go first. I I think there's definitely a good one.
1: (laughs) All right, let's see here. So the first article I saw is, Florida man gets arrested after pelting girlfriend with McDonald's sweet and sour packets. (laughs)
0: Uh, the condiment attack seems to be a popular one, okay. Uh, Florida man was arrested after breaking into a Wendy's and making a burger. <laughs> <laughs> Something about July 1st just screams fast food to people, I guess.
1: Something about that. Uh, let's see this next one. I have Florida man chants as police try to arrest him.
0: Oh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that one too. <laughs> Began chanting repeatedly and methodically in an extremely loud, repetitive tone. <laughs> what else we got? That condiment attack is
1: a big one. I wasn't there, um, going back to the like going into a restaurant and making yourself a burger, wasn't there something that came out during this whole COVID thing of like some dude breaking into another restaurant and like made himself his like, own burger or something? I don't know. I,
0: I do think I remember seeing something to the, similar to that.
1: Let's see what
0: else we have. Oh, this is this is like the official site. The only Florida man. This There's a whole site of compiling
1: them. Oh, wow. That makes us. Florida man pulls up, rips off shirt, drops a deuce.
0: That <laughs> just sounds like any other Friday. <laughs> <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> oh, man. It's great because the first time I did this was with Libby and she's like in Miami right now. <laughs> oh man, yeah,
1: that's pretty funny. All
0: right. Let me see if I can find one more.
1: Oof, that's more of a morbid one. We'll skip that one.
0: Do do do. Oh, what's this one? Huh. Florida man rips a hole in a store ceiling and steals more than 70 guns fleeing on a three-wheel bicycle.
1: <laughs> okay. That, I mean, that's, I wonder how he did that. How do you steal that? That, really that is
0: impressive how he got away with 70 guns on like a tricycle.
1: A tricycle. I, I, that, that'd be an interesting video to watch.
0: <laughs> like How'd the police put this all together? There's gotta be a video of this somewhere.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> being the police and like, It's like seeing a video of this dude riding his tricycle with like 70 guns.
0: I'm just imagining on the crime scene, they see like the the tire skid marks from like a tricycle. (laughs) (laughs) And their first thought is just like some like seven-year-old get taking off like that little kid from the Incredibles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. So that was, that was Florida and birthday. I mean, that's just one of my favorite ones just to look up all that crazy shit. Uh, and then we'll do the will you press the button, uh, press the button later on the show so I
1: uh,
0: want to start things off now by getting to a little learn a little bit more about you uh, so we know that you're the president of the consulting club but we kind of want to talk about everything that came before that so more about yeah. where you grew up how how your undergrad career went what led you to sort of like thinking that you want to make the ship to business school and so on so
1: yeah so uh, I grew up here locally in Southern California I um, actually grew up probably about 20 miles or so from USC in a, in a smaller city called Cerritos, California.
0: You're a local um, at this point then.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty local at this point. Yeah. Um, so I actually ended up going to a community college for two years right after high school. Mm-hmm. And then I transferred to UC Riverside, which is another, another local college here. And I studied business admin. And, um, you know, kind of in my last year as an undergrad, uh, I kind of took a step back and realized that I had a big gap in my professional skills when it came to the soft skills. Um, I I wasn't as comfortable in a professional setting in a networking setting, uh, making presentations and such. Mm -hmm. And I knew that those things were gonna be really important, you know, further down the line in my career. And so coming out of my undergrad, um, I intentionally took a role that would allow me to really overcome that gap. Um, And so I joined a, a firm here in Newport Beach, called Pacific Advisors. It's a boutique uh, financial advisory firm. And I worked as a financial advisor helping, you know, clients and individuals, business owners with their personal financial plan, investments, insurance, and such. And, you know, being in that role for about a year and a half, it was constant selling, constant meeting yeah. new people, building connections for like a year and a half straight. And so I got extremely comfortable, you know, delivering presentations um, being in front of people, networking, and all of that. And that's exactly what I wanted to get out of it. And so when I felt like I kind of overcame that hurdle, I took the next step in my career. And at that point, I was like, okay, I need, I need to get something that's a little bit more of a, a formal business role. You know, that was kind of more of a sales role. And yeah. you know, at the time, and still continuing, obviously, up to today and into the future, data analytics was, like, huge. And I wanted to get some experience in that, and so while I was looking at different positions and applying, I came across this position in um, product management for AAA, which is a local—not um, local, but it's a national insurance company. Also provides like roadside assistance. Yep, yep, yep. I'm very familiar with AAA yeah. <laughs> for the wrong so, reasons, but <laughs> oh, for the wrong reasons. Well, I what mean, like a story there.
0: I lots of breakdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so um, this was a a non-technical product management role. So I wasn't like in charge of a a software or anything. Okay. But um, I got a lot of hands-on experience with how to utilize data, especially, you know, insurance is all about mitigating risk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, working closely with so many different teams in the organization that I got like a really cool foray into kind of like intro to like strategy, kind of like working on consulting S projects within the company for other groups. Yeah. It was really interesting. So I did that for about three and a half years. Um, got some really good experience leading projects, um, leading big businesses and such. And kind of in my, my last couple of years there, I had this itch to go back to school. Um, I felt like I had gotten to a point, you know, at AAA, but also in my career where I was ready to make that jump to go back to school. Um, I think, you know, after undergrad, I had I've always had that idea that I always want to go back to get an MBA, but I, I felt like I had to get certain skills before I can go back to school and make it really worth my while. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after those two roles I had after undergrad, I felt like I had built up my toolkit enough to where yeah. it would make sense to go back to school. And I'd been thinking about a career in consulting for quite some time before business school. Like it was in my mind when I was an undergrad, but um, you know. I don't think any of the firms actually recruited at the school I went to, and so it was hard to get in there. Um, so I was like, okay, this is like the perfect time. I'm you know right around that sweet spot of the average age for you know the, the top twenty business schools or so, mm. and that's really what was the guiding vision for me. You know why I applied. Um, you know obviously like most of us, we applied to a bunch of other schools, and Marshall was one of them. Um, and I had a couple options, but. I think the main reason why I chose Marshall was kind of two pronged um, First and foremost, like being local, born and raised here in SoCal. Yeah. USC has a super strong name. Um, the Trojan family, the Trojan network is really strong. And I want to stay local. Like I, I don't see myself really moving on from Southern California. Mm. So it made sense from like geographical and like name wise fit for me. Yeah, And then the second reason was um, the school was really strong in consulting placement. And that's really what I was going after. Right? So, you know, I think those two things was really the guiding vision for why I chose USC versus potentially some other schools that I got into and couldn't be more happy with my choice. <laughs> awesome.
0: So I guess uh, digging back a little bit, you mentioned that yeah. you sort of started your whole career with a financial services role or financial advisor role to uh, kind of get more of those soft skills. Yeah. Um, did this, did this role I'm guessing involve like a lot of like cold calling and stuff from like a sales perspective or?
1: Yeah. So, um, it wasn't as much as probably traditional like stockbroker calling. Like I wasn't doing like 400 calls a day, but, um, I definitely did do cold calling. I definitely did have experience like going door to door, small businesses, trying to pitch them on different products or services. So you definitely develop some thick skin when you have to go to like, you know, 50 doors and you hear all no's and then wake up the next morning and do it all all over again. So um, it was definitely like really helpful experience. Just being able to like develop that thick skin, that, mm-hmm. that skill set early on in my career, um, wouldn't have given that up for the world. That that was really great year and a half. It was really tough, um, but like a great experience for me professionally.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I probably empathize with that because I know whenever I get a cold call or like I see a number on my phone, I don't even answer it anymore at this point. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, I, I'm sure like 20 years ago it was very different. Like people always picked up their phones. Yeah. But now more and more, like, I don't think I, I ever pick up my phone if I don't recognize the number. And so if, you know, if I feel they don't like
0: leave a voicemail, then
1: yeah. Yeah. It, it, so I feel, especially now, you know, people who cold call, like, that, that's, that's a grind.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. So uh, that's definitely something that maybe you didn't develop the skill of cold calling, but you developed sort of like these secondary skills of like being able to handle like rejection and stuff that.
1: Yeah, I think like developing that thick skin, like being comfortable presenting to anywhere at any time, like having that confidence was the biggest thing for me. Like, you know, growing up all the way through, I'd say high school, even early college, um, like I was like the shy, very timid, like wouldn't talk to anyone unless like they were like in my friend group. Mm-hmm. Like I would not be the one raising my hand to participate in class or like lead presentations. That was not who I was, you know, for like most of my life. But, you know, after getting that experience there, like I think my confidence level shot up. And like it did so much just professionally and even personally for me that um, it, it's, it's been great seeing how that's, you know, impacted my life over the last you know, five or six years.
0: I mean, even now you're pretty much like leading consulting competitions and stuff. So
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's funny, you know, talking to, you know, people who had known me like in high school or earlier, they're like, you're almost like a completely different person compared to who you were before. Like it, it's, 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 it's weird. Like just this change has happened kind of slowly, but almost, almost on the other side, like suddenly as well, it's kind of weird.
0: Well, it's kind of weird because you probably don't notice it yourself at the time, but then no. people who, who you might not see for maybe five years old, it's like almost like a kind of like, I don't know, night and day like shift. Night for day. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going more to, I guess, the uh, decision for Marshall. So you, you spent most of your UC see Riverside's kind of local around here too, right? And so yeah. the firm that you went to to do the financial services mm-hmm. or advisory work was also down here. So you've pretty much been yeah. around here the entire time around
1: here i haven't left like a 50 mile radius of like where i where i was born and grew up like it's just been like this this where i've been this is where i've lived for my entire life wow
0: that's actually that's actually impressive because i've (laughs) i've been all over the place even with like with college so like jobs i've taken so uh and apparently you're you're loving it so and you're trying to stick around
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i mean mean, you're here now i mean not, not right now but being in Southern California, <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard to leave. It's, uh, it's a great place. Um, you know, the weather's fantastic. The people are great. You can do so much, whether you're a snowboarder, skier, a yeah. surfer, whatever you want. I mean, why would you ever not want to stay in Cal, SoCal? Answer me
0: that, Fudge. Uh, okay. <laughs> Put me on the spot now. Uh, not really equipped with an answer because I I can't tell you I got one. Uh, I don't know, taxes? I, I just, uh, yeah, oh, okay. Probably the only thing I got. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, just from like a, I guess a location's perspective, yeah. uh, you mentioned how you wanted to go somewhere local because you wanted to stay local, which I thought was a big drawing factor for at least me was – Uh, I didn't really realize until maybe later on in my undergrad career that the job prospects for you are really sort of ones that are local to the area that your college is located. So you're more likely to get a New York job if you're going to school in New York versus likely to have a job here on the West Coast if you're going to school on the West Coast.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty true. And I think, you know, as I was making that decision, like I got into school on on the East Coast in New York, and that was like a big point of reflection for me is why would I go – all the way to New York, you know, go to school there, yeah. just to turn around and come back to California where, you know, how easy would it be to find a job here? But even secondary to that, you know, long-term looking at the alumni network, like how strong is that alumni network in Southern California or even That's like a fair California.
0: point. So, yeah. So I guess for your consulting stuff, were you mainly focusing on firms that had offices in LA then?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the good thing about consulting, I mean, for most of the large firms, Um, They have offices all over. So the good thing is, I mean, when you go through recruiting for consulting, like you just go through recruiting and then after you land the internship or the job, most firms give you the option of picking your location. So you're not tied down to only being in LA or SF. Um, So that's a good thing. And, you know, the firm that I'll be going to will be in LA, but uh, because of all this COVID stuff, it'll, it'll be completely virtual this summer.
0: The virtual is unfortunate, but you still have an internship and you'll still get a really good experience. And I know having an internship in uh, consulting is a very good indicator of leading to a full-time offer coming off of it. So Yeah,
1: very hopeful. Very hopeful.
0: Yeah. We'll see how this all transpires, but I'm very hopeful that everything's going to sort of like come back to somewhat normalcy after this summer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I saw that Newsom just said yesterday that, you know, large groups in california like probably won't get back to normal until 2021 like yeah what does that mean for colleges and such who knows but that's that's a that's a problem for like you know us four months from now or so my hope is that
0: that he's just sort of laying out a worst case scenario so that anything scaled back from that is seen in like a much more favorable light (laughs) that's true yeah then the issue right now with people sort of having this like optimistic timeline every time you push it out you're just sort of like yeah, pissing more people off. So I'd rather you have like the lofty one and then scale back. But that's
1: just exactly
0: that's like my own sort of like tinfoil hat theory there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now that we're sort of at why you ended up at Marshall and I believe you did a lot of work with yourself just to like even get to this point. So I'm impressed with like the deliberate steps that you've taken to sort of build those soft skills that you sort of addressed and knew that you were lacking and then uh, challenging yourself with an almost like internal consulting role. And then knowing that you want to go co- is like you want to go consulting straight away from coming into MBA school. Is that correct, or are you sort of yeah. considering other functions?
1: No. So I came into school like pretty like level setted on like this is this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think like most students, um, you know, I, I looked into other stuff very early on. You know, we had the career insight seminars that we kind of got an introduction to all the different functional areas and industries. But I think very early on I made the decision that like this is all I'm going to focus on, um, and you know it. Luckily, it worked out.
0: Okay. I think we're actually going to dive a lot more into consulting aspect in the second yeah. half of our show because there's definitely all more right. I want to touch on. So before we get to that, we'll just break things up a little bit with the uh, "Will you press the button?" segment that I. Uh, have okay. Here. So this is actually tough. I don't know. Okay. You will. You will have a photographic memory, but. You're deaf. Oh, wow. That's really tough. Because the memory is like, if it, I'm thinking it's like even better than when people say they have photographic memory. I'm thinking almost like
1: like, like, hard a real, drive, like, like hard drive level, like photographic memory. Yeah. So that's a really tough one. Like, I can see so many instances where that could be so useful. Um, you're right. This is tough. I'm gonna go with no on this one. No, I'm gonna go with no. I'd I'd probably go with no too, to be honest. Just because I
0: mean, I'm a big music guy, so I don't even know what my life would have been like without that. So seventy-one percent agree with you on that one. So All right. that's a much right. stronger one than that's the uh, <laughs> than what that other one was. <laughs> so this one uh you can speak with animals so almost like an eliza thornberry dr doodle thing but you have to live in a zoo
1: (laughs) that's gonna be a no for me
0: dog all right we gotta get you to press the button at least once here
1: all right all right let's let's do it once let's do it once
0: you're probably gonna hit it anyway but you can you can enter the pokemon world and cross between it and your world forever. So I'm guessing sort of like a multi-dimensional thing, but yeah. uh, you have to stay. You have to stick around with Ash.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think our generation. I'm, I'm not sure about the current, like, upcoming generation. but, Like our generation grew up watching Pokemon. Like, that'd be that'd be freaking awesome.
0: I mean, ours grew up with Ash too. Is there another like uh, protagonist?
1: Yeah, like that's that's a weird question to be like quite like formulated that way like did something happen to ash like like the bad guy now or something like why would you not want to be with him
0: or maybe they just there's like a different protagonist and he just dropped off in popularity i'm not sure i I, have no idea i haven't kept up since like the early 2000s so yeah yeah
1: i i dude spending like being with ash pikachu Charizard, like that's dope totally press that button
0: i know for the uh the sony project that we had we were looking into like the different anime movies that come out that had come out I thought there were like two or three Pokemon movies. There is like nine of those things now.
1: Oh, dude, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought there were like maybe <laughs> so, three.
0: So goddamn it. <laughs> and let's not even—I I don't even know how many Pokemon there are. And it's like on oh, generation nine or eight or something now. Oh geez, yeah,
1: like completely, yeah.
0: completely lost. I know, knowledge is
1: like fifteen, you know, fifteen twenty years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, this is the last one. Uh, all right, all right. There is infinite bacon that is free to everyone, and the bacon also has no negative impact on your health. So apparently, bacon is just like this new like superfood, but okay. any so, other pig product no longer is, exists. So no more pork chops, no more ham, uh, no more. I forget what else you make out of a pig now. Uh, <laughs> no more like pork sausages and stuff. Okay, so, like I guess that eliminates a lot of like hot dogs and things. Bravo. All right,
1: so I'm vegetarian. So oh, this is tough. I'm year. indifferent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn it!
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it literally does not matter to you whatsoever.
1: It literally doesn't matter to me.
0: <laughs> Maybe the infinite bacon thing means that there's less. What would you do? What would you like, do? I, so. Being born and raised in New Jersey, a food staple of ours is uh, pork roll or a Taylor ham. As okay. uh, any one from New Jersey will argue with you, there's like a there's almost like a north south debate over how, which way you're supposed to call it. Uh, oh, okay, but uh, that is not bacon. That is almost like a think of like a spiced, a spiced cured ham. It's similar to spam, I would say. Okay. it's kind of like spam, but it's like fresh and it's spiced. You uh, would say no. And so if I had to give that up for this to happen, I would probably say no, because yeah. I don't know if I would want to have like, like a bagel sandwich to me, it always comes with pork roll. I can't imagine not uh, okay. that. Yeah.
1: Interesting. <laughs> I learned something new about Jersey. Did not know oh, that. for sure.
0: Yeah. It is actually uh, I think it's only like produced and sold within New Jersey. So it's like really hard to get. The only other, the only other place I ever found it was at like a random grocery store in DC.
1: Okay.
0: Other than that, just doesn't exist anywhere um (laughs) well thank you for playing the uh will you press the button
1: (laughs) yeah that was was fun there was some really uh inquisitive things that we covered there
0: (laughs) some hard passes but you know (laughs) a couple ones that you were you were into (laughs) um so now we learn more about you your background why consulting and all that but now we want to get more into talking about i guess at marshall the consulting club and i guess the way things are structured in terms of the consulting recruitment timeline for those that are going to be coming into the program. So, um, I'll run through this first one. Uh, you kind of already touched on it a little bit before, but, uh, so like, uh, walk me through a little bit about what brought you to the side of consulting. So why, like what aspects about consulting really drew you to it? And then how did the consulting club really, uh, boost you in terms of recruiting and getting you prepped to really like have all these face-to-face talks with all these different firms.
1: Sure. Yeah. So for me, why consulting, and by the way, for anyone listening, this will not be your response when you interview with firms, but for me truly like I don't know what I want to do like industry wise or like functional wise. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really know that much as far as what I would want to do for the rest of my life or even like the next five years. And I think getting into consulting, um, like being able to dive into multiple industries, being able to work, work on like different functional workflows or work lines, that's gonna be like really helpful to me just to be able to like identify where I wanna be. You know, so far in my career, between you know, the the two jobs that I've had after undergrad, they were both in the financial services industry. Yep. So I haven't had much exposure to anything else. And I really just want to explore and I wanna learn. Um, I really want to like kind of build that skill set that consulting provides you that you know, you're familiar with that, you know, being, being, being in consulting before. And so that's like the main reason why I want to go in really to figure out what I want to do, uh, but also get like a really solid, you know, thing on my resume and, and get some more clout uh, later on in my career. That was mm-hmm. like the main, main reason why I was pulled to, pulled to consulting.
0: Okay. Um, so a little bit more about, yeah, okay, yeah. Like yeah, more ahead. about the consulting club specific stuff.
1: Yeah. so, so so, okay, so to kind of take a step back, you know, I remember going to the very first consulting club event. It was a kickoff event. And there were like 100 people in the room. Everyone was super excited. There was a lot of buzz about the year starting, getting into consulting. And I was looking around and I was like, wow, there's like a lot of impressive people around me, you know, people with like super cool backgrounds, you know, went to good undergrads. Um, and you, know, you look at the board, who are mostly comprised of, you know, individuals who had already gone through the consulting process Mm -hmm. and like they're all super successful. It's like, it's very intimidating at first, but I think the great thing that the club does, it provides you with so many resources and I think resources has been unparalleled compared to, you know, what I've heard from from other schools and the resources that they provide for their consulting club. Um, I think for me specifically, like the highlight of the club or like one of the biggest things about the club was the mentorship program. So Everyone that wants to can get paired up with a mentor who had already gone through the consulting process. And um, I was lucky enough to get paired with the outgoing president of the, of the consulting club. Um, and so, you know, being able to work with him every single week, um, asking some of the dumb questions that you wouldn't ask uh, <laughs> anyone else like, Hey, I'm just in this email out, or this person's asking me for this. Should I do it to helping me with my, you know, case interviews and, Uh, behavioral interviews like everything you can think of I I leaned heavily on my mentor and like that was extremely helpful having that person be there as like a dedicated resource yeah Um, the second thing that I think the consulting club does extremely well is all-around training so you know for the view for the listeners who will be going in um, you know case interviews are a big part of uh, the consulting recruiting and and intern you know interviews Mm. and you know couple that with all the behavioral questions that you would get in an interview and you know as you look at those two separate things the consulting club did a fantastic job in you know throwing trainings making sure that we're ready and prepped for going into game day for interviews uh, make sure that we're ready to go for our, our cases make sure we're ready to go for our behaviorals and um, you know while it was a grind in, in the fall you know the, the consulting timeline is a little bit quicker compared to most Mm. We start like right away when school starts in August, at least for the incoming class. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was a lot of work, but you know, you you keep through it and you use the resources that the club gives you. And, you know, it, it, you, you come out kind of a different person after you know three or four months going through that process. It's kind of amazing.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot how long a process that is. Cause I mean, you get started in August, but you're not really formally submitting applications till what like December almost.
1: Yeah. So the application gets submitted in December and then uh, you have first round interviews in, in January and yep. most of that stuff is wrapped up by February. So the process is basically from, you know, August to February. It's, it's kind of a long process for everyone seeking an internship. It's kind of more condensed for um, recruiting for full-time roles, but for internships, it's kind of it's a lot more drawn out.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I know like during, that whole timeline, there's like a bunch of events that are going on, both ones that you guys put on as well as ones that the consulting firms might come uh, to, your, yeah. to the school to actually perform on their own. Uh, yeah. What did you find were like the best events for you to sort of uh, get yourself out there and network with uh, these practitioners?
1: Yeah, so kind of the marquee event for the consulting club, which is referred to as MCSC for all the, all the, all the listeners, is uh, in mid-September, we have a MCSC roundtable event where um, we, we get all the major recruiters to come on campus. We get all the consulting practitioners and alumni to come back. And we have a, like a, a, like a four or five, six hour roundtable event where you get the opportunity to sit at multiple tables, directly engage with all the different um, practitioners from the different uh, firms. And that's kind of like your first introduction to what consulting is, who all the firms are, getting that initial introduction to the different practitioners. That was like a super helpful event for me just because you get kind of like this onslaught in that you know, five or six hour period. But you get a good idea of what firms you kind of gravitate to, what kind of personalities there are at certain yeah. firms, what kind of work certain firms do. And that was a really great event to kick things off in September. Um, apart from that, Um, I think just generally speaking, all the, most of the events, if not all the events that the uh, firms put on are extremely helpful. Um, if I remember correctly, this past fall, there were like a hundred firm events just for consulting that happened. Um, and so anything you could think of from, um, firms putting on like casual hikes to, um, like soul cycling to case competitions. I mean, there are so many different opportunities to- Who did soul cycling? (laughs) Um, EY did. <laughs> they, they, they did it, and actually that was part of C for C. They raised uh, they raised donations for C for C. It was pretty oh, cool. I might
0: actually, actually think I think I might remember that going out then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, regardless of whether you like a more formal setting or an informal setting, like you have everything available to, you know to you. Firms put on a variety of events, and you know some firms are more active than others, and so you'll you'll get a taste of you know, which firms care a little bit more about getting multiple interactions versus other firms who are just more um, not as interested, but care about other aspects. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you're looking for, you know, firms are doing and there's a lot going on in the fall semester. um, Plenty of ways to to get involved and and stay on top of things, depending on, you know, how you want to get involved.
0: Awesome. Well, Obviously that whole club was a huge benefit for you, for you landing the role that you have now. So congratulations on that. Um, So let's go a little bit more into now that you're the president of the consulting club. (laughs) Yeah. um, I guess we can start off with what led you to wanting to sort of take the reins and uh, lead the club for the next year or so.
1: Yeah. So, you know, this is something that I thought about. I've been thinking about for a while, you know, I came into the club and, you know, kind of went through all the ropes and all the trainings and everything that the club was putting on. And I found that, like, there are certain things that I was pretty good at, and I started to help my peers along the way. Mm -hmm. And um, I I eventually realized, like, hey, like, if if I wanted to, you know, run the club next year, like, I'd love to do that. I'd love to give back. I think that's one thing that you'll see at Marshall, and I'm sure, Fed, you can attest to this, is there's a a big culture of giving back. And, you know, for me... For me, like that's the, the guiding light as to why I wanted to be president. I saw so much like amazing things that the the board, at least for my year, for the consulting club, like how much work they did, how much they helped us, how much like direct involvement they had for our success. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to do that for the next class. I, I wanted to give them the same same you know type of resources, same type of success that they were able to give to us. And you know that that's what, that's really what made me so excited to put my hat in the ring and um you know go down this path it's, it's all about giving back
0: all about keeping that trojan network going right
1: yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> it's you know I, I think a lot of people you know kind of sidestepping away from consulting for a second but a lot of people who are not from southern california when they hear the word you know trojan network or trojan family they, they sometimes think it's a gimmick like oh like yeah but like really how how, how deep is it or like how how important is it like is pretty freaking strong. At least I know for consulting, I'm sure for entertainment and, you know, yeah. other, other functional areas, the alumni are, are, quite simply put, amazing, very active, um, and they're a huge part as to why the school is so successful. So, the Trojan Network is definitely real for all the listeners who are tuning in and thinking about this new work that they've learned over the last several months.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've mentioned multiple times about how I kind of came in thinking like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Trojan Network and... <laughs> quickly realizing that it, it is the real deal, even not even a year at this point. Yep. Um, yep. So do you want to talk a little bit more about what your strategic plan is going to be for the next year? Now that you're yeah. the president of the consulting club, I'm not sure if you finalized that yet. Cause I don't know if it's due yet or not, but
1: yeah, yeah, no. So I think there's a couple things I can probably share about uh, where the club is heading for this upcoming fall. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm really excited to say that we met um, with, the key recruiters probably a couple of weeks ago um, that recruit on campus with, with USC. And mm-hmm. we really you know, kind of laid out our vision as far as how we want to increase our partnerships with them. You know, traditionally the firms, they host a lot of events um, and most of the events are mostly related around networking in some capacity. Yep. Um, but we wanted to see makes if sense. we can, it, it makes sense. And we wanted to see if there's opportunities to like deepen that level of engagement and that partnership. And one thing that I really tried to do, and it's looking like it's going to work out, is I wanted to get the firms more involved with trainings, specifically with case prep. So, you know, all all the firms have their own, you know, unique style to how they deliver cases during interviews. And there's, you know, there's minor differences between firms that sometimes can be significant. Um, and so, you know, we do the best that we can to inform students, get them up to speed on yeah. you know, how casing works. But there's nothing better than to actually have the firms come on and lead specific sessions and say, here's exactly how they go about our case interview. And so that's one of the, the goals that I have this year is to get more, more firms to come on campus and lead training when it comes to casing. And it looks like that's probably going to happen this upcoming year.
0: That would, that would be super helpful. Yeah.
1: Cause that's almost like yeah, getting a peek behind the curtain there. Exactly. And you know, he, he hearing it straight from the horse's mouth, right? I mean, you, you can take, you know, the consulting club has done a fantastic job in keeping up with resources and making sure that our students are prepared, but there's nothing like hearing it straight from the firms on here's exactly how to go about our interviews. Yeah, no, that'd be huge. Um, the second aspect that, you know, this is really, this really comes from the board that is outgoing you know, the board that's leaving um, this, this year, yeah. um, they put a lot more emphasis, rightfully so, on the behavioral aspect of interviews. You know, I think a lot of individuals, when they come in to recruit for consulting, they get so swept up with this case interview because it, it's new, it's different, it's something that people haven't really heard yeah. of or, or have tackled, so they spend a lot of time preparing for the case interview, which rightfully so you should. Um, But oftentimes what happens is students kind of let the behavioral prep and training fall to the wayside or they they push it off until later, um, thinking that the case interview is everything for the uh, interview, which it's not. And so last year, a big initiative was to try and make sure that the behavioral aspect in training and preparation was just as important. And they made strides in making sure that that's top of mind for the candidates. And I want to continue that. I want to make sure that it's front, front center because, you know, the behavioral aspect goes from everything from networking early on, behavioral, you know, while you're casing, there's a, there's a behavioral component to it as well. Mm-hmm. And then you have behavioral questions during interviews. So, you know, making sure that our tenants are aware that, hey, look, you can be great at casing, but let's, let's make sure you're prepared for the behavioral aspect because you can't just fall back on, hey, I know my story, so I don't need to prep for it that's not going to work out very well for
0: you. Yeah. It's like the classic, uh, pretty much the guy who knows all the stuff, but can't communicate it well.
1: Exactly. Uh, because exactly. If you, if
0: you know all the tech stuff, that's great. But if you can't, if I can't like tolerate like being around you, <laughs> then that's yeah, going to be yeah. an issue. It's, I mean, the consulting industry, like they called it the airport test. The airport or, test.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Do I see it's myself
0: important. getting stuck in the airport with this person and actually enjoying my time with him?
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's so important and, you know, going through interviews and, and even, you know, networking it, it's really important, especially the, the more senior folks at the firms. Like if you really hit it off with a partner during an interview or something and oh, yeah. you have, you have a good, you know, drive going, you know, you, they'll probably cut you some slack uh, on the case interview because yeah. they really like you and they'll, they'll probably push for you. But the other way around you really kill the case interview but the partner gets a, a an iffy feeling that's not that's not gonna work out too well for you so those those two things are really what I'm aiming for this year um, and really making sure that that our students are uh, are taking that aspect just as seriously as uh, my year did
0: yeah I like that hey, I think the case interview is definitely the most relevant for like when you're talking with like a recruiter or someone but as you talk with like more managers and partners it's more that behavioral aspect that they're really yeah. looking for.
1: Yeah, a partner doesn't care about what you do on a case. Like they, they want to know that if they can trust you. You know, working on their team, they like you, they can work with you, and so it, it's just as, if not more important.
0: I would actually love to see a few partners go through a case interview because oh, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know when's the last time they've probably gone through that kind of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest. Um. So moving on a little bit from consulting now that we sort of like talked about the club, yes. the recruitment timeline, all that. Uh, so now that we're wrapping up our first year here. Uh, we'll be, I can't hope, believe it. we'll be opt- ultimately getting back to campus in the fall here. So what are you most excited to see or witness as a second year MBA student? So whether yeah. it's something that you are happy to see from like the other side of the fence or even yeah. something that the second years are doing that you were sort of looking forward to.
1: Yeah. Fedge it's, it's so weird that like we have maybe two or three weeks left of school and then we're going to come back after a couple of months and be second years. Like it's, it's so weird. I don't know. Um, it's fast. But, it's fast. It's, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, there's so many things I'm really excited for. So I think thinking about it, there's probably, you know, two or three things that are coming to mind. Um, first and foremost, I'm actually really pumped about my elective schedule for the fall. Like I'm really looking forward to the classes, which is kind of weird to say because I know, you know, business school is more around, you know, the networking aspect and such, which it totally is, but mm. I'm really looking forward to my fall classes. Um, the Second aspect, and this is something that we didn't get a chance to do this year, and that's why I'm so excited and looking forward to it for next year is a C4C weekend. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I was really looking forward to that. You know, I, I think in talking with most alumni and you ask them what their favorite experience was in school, it's either C4C or Prime. Uh, unfortunately, we're, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to do Prime, but, you know, being able to do c for c weekend next year, that's going to be a ton of fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and, you know, the, I guess the third thing is um, kind of hopefully, you know, taking a step back from the craziness as far as, you know, recruiting and all that and being able to enjoy time a little bit more with and friends and such. Yeah. You know, I, I know specifically for me, like, the fall semester was such a grind, like I went to a few events here and there, you know, a few parties here and there, um, but not as much as I'd like because I, I think I was like, I, I kind of over indexed on how much time I want to spend doing, uh, you know, preparing and all of that. And so I'm hoping that in the second year I could spend a little bit more time fostering those important Trojan, you know, connections before we all head off into our own lives, you know, in full-time roles. Well. So, hoping things work out like that because uh i
0: would definitely like for you to have better like work-life balance as you wrap up your final year here uh and then for prime i'm hoping that we can get sort of like a pseudo trip going in the winter
1: um oh yeah i I saw that we were looking at you know putting something together that's sort of the angle
0: right now is shooting for winter break but that's still very early talks because we got to wait for better news to come out of like pretty (laughs) much the world (laughs) at this point before we even think about putting shit together so yeah
1: yeah and, and you know I, I think if if winter break can't work like we have spring break as well
0: that's true um, it'll, it'll be a much shorter break unless you want to like skip know. classes but you know I'm that's true not telling you but not there, are, you that, know,
1: there but. were second years that that's that took like two week vacations and just like skip class for a week not that i endorse it but it, it, it was known to occur
0: yeah I, you can get away with a week to be honest <laughs> but you know i'm not going to be the one to tell you to do it but I'm also not going to say I'm not going to do it either. Uh, yeah. So, okay. That, that about, uh, wraps up our time for today. Uh, it was, it was great getting a chance to talk to you in LA and like, obviously I'm sure everyone's going to love all this information about the consulting club because that was very thorough. Uh, definitely learned a lot even, but, but more about you, how you sort of came here to Marshall learning about sort of your journey and, uh, you try and tell really, really like focus on these development areas for yourself. So I really yeah. hope this internship helps open you up into learning more about which function or industry you see yourself settling into once you enter the consulting world.
1: Yeah. I'm looking uh, forward to it. Yeah.
0: And then just before we wrap things up, there's about two more things that we had to do. Uh, the okay. first being as a thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, I want to give you about 30 seconds to a minute as almost like a self promotion to sort of talk about whatever you want, so you can continue to talk about Consulting Club if you want, or if there's something else in your mind, uh, feel free. And let people know.
1: Yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll target this towards the incoming class. Um, yeah, you know, I know it's a crazy time, and many of you may be concerned about you know how coming year looks like. Um, kind of be rest assured that all of us, at least you know, in, in our first year, who'll be your second years, we're really, we're really looking forward to having you on campus, helping you any way we can, help mentor you. Um, So, you know, even though you don't start for a few more months until August, you know, feel free to reach out. We're here as resources for you. If you're thinking about career plans or or anything else, you know, we'll enjoy our year. We're willing to help out wherever we can. So I know it's a tough time, but we're all going to, you know, pull through together and um, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, really help you where we can, uh, especially as fall comes around. But don't hesitate to reach out to any of us in the Marshall community. and uh, we'll, we'll definitely make sure you're taken care of.
0: Yeah. Uh, and again, the information is going to be available in, I guess the notes area of this podcast, as well as, as you probably have seen uh, contact information for both myself, as well as some of the other guests as well. So like Nile said, please feel free to reach out if you have any sort of questions or any general information that you want to know more about, because we'd be more than happy to sort of chat with you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then as the final note of the show, Uh, as we always end every episode, you get your choice of the song of the night. Uh, And so, Laleh, would you like to talk about what your song of the night choice was?
1: Yeah, so I don't know. Lately, I've been on my Kendrick Lamar jam. Um, He's a local LA boy as well. So um, I chose to to pick his song DNA. Is
0: there any uh, particular reason why you chose DNA? I
1: I really love the beat.
0: Yeah. I really love
1: the beat. And, um, you know, I think... For me, the song about identity was like, you know, whether it's however you want to think about it, whether it's, you know, being from LA, mm-hmm. whether it's about, you know, how you portray yourself to the world, uh, to just like the beats of the song. I've just been jamming to it. So love it. I wanted to, wanted to put that out there. All
0: right. Awesome. Okay. Well, that about does it for today. Uh, I've been your host, Fesh McDermott, talking with Nale. Again, it was a pleasure to hear about more about your story, as well as uh, your plans for the Consulting Club for this upcoming year. Um And then to play you off for the night We'll be playing the song DNA By Kendrick Lamar So that's all everyone we'll I, got,
2: I got loyalty Got royalty inside my DNA Cocaine quarter piece Got war and peace inside my DNA I got power, poison, pain and joy Inside my DNA I got hustle though Ambition flow inside my DNA I was born like this this born like this See Immaculate conception not transformed like this perform like this was yells she was a new weapon I don't contemplate I meditate they're off your fucking head This that puts the kids to bed This that I got, I got, I got, I got Realness, I just kill shit cause it's in my DNA I got millions, I got riches building in my DNA I got dark. I got evil that rot inside my DNA I got troublesome heart inside my DNA. I just win again, then win again like Wimbledon. I serve, yeah that's him again. The sound the engine, in it's like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tires skirt the boulevard. I know how you work. I know just who you are. See, Use a use a use a bitch. You almost probably switch inside your DNA. Problem is all that sucker shit inside your DNA, daddy. Heritage inside your DNA Backbone don't exist Born inside a jellyfish I gauge See my pedigree most definitely Don't tolerate the front Shit I've been through probably offend you This is Paula's oldest son I know murder, conviction, furnace, boosters, burglars, ballers dead. redemption scholars, fathers dead With kids and I wish I was fed Forgiveness, yeah, 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 yeah Soldier's DNA, born inside the beast My expertise check out in second grade When I was nine, on sale motel We didn't have nowhere to stay at 29, I've done so well here, can't will in my estate. And I'm gonna shine like I'm supposed to anti-social extrovert And exit lit me the extrovert And absentness. what the fuck you hurt? And this never struck my nerve And that's a riff the reason my bad was here salute the truth and the prophecy. i got loyalty got royalty inside my dna the power damage to you i never got give my life i this is my heritage all i am inheriting. money and power the maker i'm never just me something, you motherfuckers can't tell me nothing, I'd rather die than to listen to you, my DNA not for imitation, your DNA an abomination, this how this when you in the matrix dodging bullets, reaping what you're sewing, stacking up the footage, living on the go and sleeping in the fella, sipping from a clammy, walking in the building, diamond in the ceiling, marble on the floors, beaches out the window, peeking out the window, baby in the pool, Godfather goals, only lord knows, I've been going hammer, dodging paparazzi, freaking through the cameras, eat it for a daughters, Brock wearing sandal sugar on a Monday, stretching to Nevada, watching all the snakes, curling, and all the fakes phone never on. i don't conversate, i don't compromise i just penetrate sex money murder these are the breaks these are the times level number nine look up in the sky tennis on the way tennis on the way tennis on the way motherfucker i got winners on the way you ain't shit without a buddy on your belt you ain't shit without a ticket on your plate you ain't sick enough to put it on yourself you ain't rich enough to hit the ladder skate. tell me when this destruction gonna be my fate gonna be a fate? gonna be a fake peace to the world let it rotate sex money murder DNA.